Getting ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I am your host, I am Fergus. I'm joined with a different lineup today. Trevor's not able to be with us, and we'll talk about that briefly. Um, I'm joined in the hot seat, taking over from Trev, a lot to live up to. Daily Schooner, Alex, uh, Princess Schooner, with no introduction required for Princess Schooner. Uh, everybody knows who she is from Always Arsenal podcast. And we have Stan the Man from the Ars. Uh, is the Gooner Circle, isn't it, Stan? Arsenal fan circle and a lot of other places. I'm like a, a podcast whore. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to be one of those. <laughs> <laughs> That's a way to put it. God, that is. Al- Al- Alex, don't be nervous. Uh, just uh, don't give me too much grief because that's normally what the old fella does, doesn't it? You, you just yeah. need to get the beard a little bit longer, right. the hair a little bit more stragglier. Uh, and Some highlights, yeah, great get- highlights. Grey highlights, yeah, yeah. I think I think it could be there. Listen, Trev's had some stuff going on, but uh, also Trev wanted to take a step back. I touched it uh, ahead of the West Ham game. He wants to take a step back. There's been some stuff on 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 Twitter with various different platforms, uh, just having a go at um, fans uh, about singing songs, etc. And we went to the Chelsea game, and it just the whole conversation pre-game was about that topic rather than we're going to beat Chelsea or we're going to draw against Chelsea. So um, being an old school gooner that he is, um, he just wants to keep it football and not get involved in this stuff for a while. So I respect that. I miss the fella for a bit, but I'm sure he'll be back very, very soon. Oh, he's got to be back. I miss Trev. Yeah. Yeah, Trev's Trev's good. I I, I spoke to Trev uh, briefly this morning. Well, actually, Trevor, I, I spoke to my wife. Uh, first thing this morning and within 15 minutes of speaking to my wife I'm talking to Trevor that's how bad it's getting (laughs) (laughs) you miss Uh, it just say something about the singing thing um no one can tell anyone what they can or can't do and um I know the rant you're talking about I had a word with a certain person I told him what I thought um I don't really understand the 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 uh, whatever, it's all alien to me. I'm an old school, school gooner, I know, from the late 70s. And if anyone ever dared tell me I could sing or don't sing, I'd depend on where to go. So, Trev, come back soon. Don't worry about anyone else. You will do. I'm sure you will. Listen, um, we missed three games. Uh, we missed uh, the, the, the three games that... <laughs> everyone wants to forget, which was the the Palace, the Brighton and the Southampton game. Um, in my view, the Palace game, we got schooled. Uh, the Brighton game, we didn't turn up. Um, and in the Southampton game, from my view, we were unlucky. I, I missed it for two reasons. One, um, I was off last week on a week's holiday and I decorated this room. And two, I had uh, lost a friend the week before. So hence why we cancelled mm-hmm. um, really, really at really short notice. But um, PG, coming to you first, briefly, please, PG. I know what your record is like. <laughs> Summar- <laughs> s- summarize your thoughts on those three games. So Palace, Brighton and, and Southampton. I've done it in about two sentences. OK, listen, it, it, there's nothing to say. We were crap. We didn't turn up. We had no cohesive discipline, anything. There's nothing to say. I, that's it for me. It was, it was poor. It was everything. I honestly went to the Brighton game, Ferg, and thought, 3-1. I did. I honestly did. I'm, I'm, I had no 
I know it sounds funny from coming from me. I had no doubts in my mind that we were going to beat Brighton after the debacle of what we'd just seen. Crystal Palace, I did expect to lose, weirdly. I had a horrible feeling. I thought that was going to be the banana skin. And that's what I think Newcastle's going to be as well. But, um, oh, yeah. stop already. I know. Stop already. <laughs> I, I am worried about that one, weirdly, more than Tottenham, funny enough. But um, to, to be honest, I'm, I'm worried about all of them uh, to a certain degree, only because <clears throat> one cock-up, and you can mess the whole thing up, really. Stan, what what was your thoughts on those three games? Um, I just feel that when you've got a team of the profile uh, that we have, you know, so young, and sorry if you can hear some bells popping off. It might just be in my headphones, but I'm sort of patched into work. Hence the shirt and the tie. I'm not up in front of the judge. Let's just get that straight. I'm not in any trouble. <laughs> not going to work I'm wearing it because you're here, Amanda. Oh, thanks, Dan. So, I'm not dressed uh, like that. <laughs> no, for on a serious note, for me, I just feel that with the profile that the team that we have, that there's going to be bad days at the office. It's such a young profile of a team um, with a lot of inexperience in there. I mean, if you only have to look at Ben White and Gabriel, good players individually, but they're both still kind of learning their trade, right? So if they're having a bit of a Tory time during the game, it does worry me sometimes. Well, who's going to carry the other one through? And it's just maybe um, a teething, you know, teething pain that we're going to have to go through because of the road that we've taken. So I just feel that it's extremely important that when we do bring in new people to replace those like Lacazette and perhaps Xhaka, that they're of a little bit more of a senior profile. They've been around a little bit and they can continue to try and be that bridge between the kids and the maturity. Speaking on that, I hope we speak about Eddie later because he did show me quite a lot of maturity in, in that last game, but I'm sure that we'll get onto that later. But yeah, for me, if we go into next season with a similar profile like this season, there will be more um, games that we will lose, little bad runs, so to speak, and people will be scratching their heads thinking, how, do we do, how did we lose points to this team? How did we lose points to that team? It's just because I feel it's inconsistency. Can I ask a I'll question to you, Stan, as well? Certainly. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to hear your opinion about, because it was just coming after the international break as well, that we had the bad one we had with the games. Do you think it played a part that we that it was coming off an international break? Oh, of course. I mean, that doesn't, that that's not going to help. But, you know, you only have to look at the first three games of the season to see that we get these, we've been getting these little clumps of bad runs, you know, I can, yeah. I can look, I can, I can, I can look at about, I, I, I added up all of the, the, some of the, uh, the fixtures that we've had where we should have got something out of, you know, there was Everton in there. They've got the, you've got Palace, Palace in there twice, which we could have at least got a draw out of. Um, we had the Brighton game, Southampton. And I, I worked out that there's about somewhere between 11 to 14 points that have gone begging. And I, mm. and I and I do believe that we're losing a lot of those points due to inconsistencies. But you know, Stan, we, Stan, can I just say something? You're also doing a disservice, really, to some of those teams because Crystal Palace are a very good side. Brighton have gone and beaten us and Spurs. So we're not where we want to be, obviously, and we're not where we were in the Wenger and the Graham days where we would be expected to beat these sides. We are this level of these sides at the moment, we're fourth, yeah? And you know the last few games. I mean, we'll talk about West Ham United in a second. We weren't brilliant. We weren't outstanding. Trust me, at West Ham, I was like, 
terribly stressing um, at certain points. We weren't brilliant. So we're fourth, yeah, table never lies, obviously. But we're not brilliant at the moment. And we've got a thin squad and they're knackered. Look at Saka, he's knackered. So I think it's a little bit of disservice going where we could have got 14 points. All teams can say that on certain no, games. Because... I don't feel I think we're overachieving. That's what I'm trying to say at the moment. And and we when we went into this season, we were all praying for Europa League. I'm sorry, I don't know anyone. As a minimum, seen... yes. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd no, agree. Not as a minimum. I, I... no, Fergus, not as a minimum. That was what we needed to be. I never sat here uh, in August and thought. April, May, we'd be fourth. I'd never, I was hoping fifth or sixth. That's yeah, no, I come, and, I come and, back and listen, I, I, two, two seconds, Stan, I agree on both your points, and I do think that there are points that we've dropped that we shouldn't have dropped. The Everton away, the Man United away were both very poor results. But I do also agree with Amanda that Palace have played up. Some, and uh, Brighton, although they were in a blip, they, they against us, they nullified our midfield. They did the same against uh, Spurs. So some of these teams have played up to their standard as well. Go on, Stan. And I do want to... Sure. I'm conscious of your time I, I, as well. I don't... I, let me, maybe I didn't uh, phrase it in the right way. I don't think that, you know, all of those points were points that we should get. But out of the 14 points, there's definitely points that have gone begging. You know, perhaps just two wins out of some of those some of those games that I named, we'd be in a much better place now. But I do think as well that we have seen a, a very high ceiling with this team. We have seen what this team is is capable of, and I've enjoyed that. Mm. But there's also times where I feel that we're, we've gone into games and we've got results out of those games. And I feel like at times we've, we've been playing with nine men. You know, we've had a striker that hasn't been... Uh, that hasn't been present during the game, and perhaps at the same in the same game, a midfielder that's a little bit out of their depth or not performing, and we've still managed to paper over the cracks. And I agree with Amanda. I do think that we are overachieving. You know, the my minimum requirement that I set for myself was in sixth place, and that now it has been cemented. As far as I'm concerned, everything above that now is going to be a bonus. But Stan, and when you say minimum requirement, was that not me. the requirement? Was you try? Was your maximum requirement to four winning the league? I, I, my requirement, I didn't have a minimum or a maximum. I was like praying we'd get back into Europe. And what FTL Guna Craig has just said is correct. It broke our rhythm. It really did. Well, I, I, I just felt that six had to be six had to be the minimum requirement for me that was my own personal you know goal that I'd set and I feel that with over 220 million pounds invested into the team and finishing in eighth place last season I didn't feel that asking for uh, uh, an improvement of two pla two places with the money invested was a lot to ask so for me he's achieved that we've got to that sixth spot it, it's ours now obviously I want to get more than that Everything else from here on in for me, if we finish in fourth or third, that'll be a bonus and I'll be mm -hmm. more than happy. But the point I was trying to make is, you know, I, I feel that we've got to where we should be at least. And that is back in Europe proper. And and, and to be honest, you, guaranteeing European football last weekend was a huge achievement. And I think everybody from Mikel Arteta, uh, even, look, listen, go go right to the top. They deserve uh, some credit. Even if you don't like the Cronkies, they put the money where their mouth was. Um, and they have backed us. There's some parts, of, elements of that management team I don't particularly like and I don't think are, are adding as much to the 
the team as you would like. My voice is still a little bit hoarse from from Sunday, <laughs> so if it goes a little bit croaky, you'll understand. What's that? I said, "Let's sing him." Yeah, it was. It was too much singing. Oh, Listen, so uh, the game on Sunday. Oh God! Well, I've I've, yeah. I've had two weeks off, or uh, nigh on two weeks off, PG, and my two weeks off consisted of away to a very, very, very empty um, <laughs> bridge. Um, we then I went I went with my um, my daughter's partner Martin and uh, we went to Southampton uh, and that was absolutely brilliant. We had a good day. We were in the we were in the let me get rid of that one. Uh, we we were in the uh, Yates's bar down in Southampton where all the away fans were, and that was unreal. Uh, singing lots of songs and uh, the the consequences there afterwards. But the stadium inside the stadium, we've never been to Southampton before, was absolutely brilliant. And when Brighton uh, won that uh, that and scored that goal, it went absolutely mad. I'll show you a little clip just right now. Um, there, there is more of that that goes on for about two or three minutes then the Super Mick uh, song comes in and everything else um, Alex what was your thoughts going into this um, this Chelsea game I had maintained from the start that we were going to beat Chelsea I said I don't know where the goals are coming from for the reasons that we've all discussed about lack of strikers and so on um, but I thought Chelsea were so inconsistent that we would get like a 1-0 win we scored six goals Alex uh, yeah, we've, we've, the game. You know what I mean. We've had quite a good record against uh, Chelsea as well the last couple of seasons, and uh, I remember speaking on the podcast, and and Trevor said he had a funny feeling about the Chelsea game, that we we go there and, and grab some points, and uh, and sure we did, and and scored uh, loads of goals, as, as you said. Um, and anybody's uh, performance in particular stand out to you then, Alex? But if, if yeah, yeah, if the ones the what? Go on, go on. I'll let you go. Well, of course, uh, Eddie and Ketia um, can't not mention mention him, and then as well uh, El Neni, who um, sort of came out of nowhere as he as he does. Like he played against Manchester United as well uh, in our first game against them, and he did quite well as well. But um, yeah, I I wish he'd played more this season um, in some of the games where Lukonga's played because he's just been so solid when he's played, and it seems like he's he never really disappoints when he plays. He's got a very steady steady level, and uh, and he did very well against uh, Chelsea. Um, he did indeed. Uh, Stan, uh, you wanted to mention um, Eddie, uh, but I think in that breath you've got to mention El Nenny and his performances over the last three games as well. Um, I can only rec- recall one game of him playing for Arsenal which, where he had a nightmare, and it was, I think it was last season. But in the main, he has been very, very steady, to use Alex's phrase. And if anything, this season he's improved. Yeah, no, uh, no bandwagon jumping over here. I've been, I've been on, on in the uh, El Nene camp for a very long time. I've always said, and you can check on a lot of podcasts, and it's kind of like my 
my sort of like uh, tag now for El Nenny. If he's only 75% of the talent of, say, our best midfielder, the thing is what I like about El Nenny is that when, you, when he plays, you get all of the 75%. And that's all that anybody could ask. We've had a lot of midfielders <clears throat> that have been, you know, technically, technically more gifted than El Nenny, but you can see that they're not giving you everything. So, you know, he stays in his lane. He doesn't complain about the lack of minutes. Every time that he's called upon, he performs, you know, really, really well. He's always got a smiley face. He seems to be a good positive force around the place. For me, I'd like to keep him on. I'd like to extend his contract for a little bit longer and keep him in the same role that he's been performing in at the moment. Amanda, would you extend his contract? Would you give him an, uh, an, and if so, okay, we can all speculate on structures and everything else, but how would you do it? Would you do it at pays your play? Would you, what would you do? I don't know. The thing is, he has come good and he, and he, he works his socks off when he comes into the team, doesn't he? I'd maybe give him a year's extension, a little bit like Lacazette. I'd give him a year as well, but they're not first choice. They literally are cover. Um, obviously, Party will walk straight back into the team with Xhaka. It's interesting about Xhaka, isn't it? I mean, look how he's turned it around. People are now saying whether he should be captain or not. How would everyone feel about well, that? Oh, no, thanks. I know how you feel and that's how I felt the same. But I'm starting to I was, I'm starting to feel a little bit more, you know, maybe we need to look at Xhaka a little bit. You know, can he improve with the way he's going? Because he is doing really well. You can't deny that. Um you know, not so many sendings off for a start, but Elneny's been great since he's walked into the team. Well, look at Granite Xhaka's stats for the Man United 3-1. You know, 60, 68 completed passes, eight final third entries, six long passes. His long passes are outstanding. Uh, uh, final third passes, 15 um, attacking crosses, uh, three. And he's in the top three. Th- and three of those... He's, he's he's fantastic. I am a big critic of him. Um, as a player, I didn't think he was outstanding before. I thought I thought he he was very negative. He was very slow, and he was always sidewards and backwards. But this season, uh, Amanda, he he has just come on, and and well, not even this season. Since January, he's come on leaps and bounds, and. Credit has to go to Arteta for that as well, for for com- literally completely changing him. The fact that Xhaka, you have to you have to look at what he brings to the club, what he brings to the team, and who he is. And I, I agree with Terry. It is hard. Um, I can't go back on the fact that he threw his shirt on the pitch and how I felt about that. But sometimes in life, you have to give people a chance, and he has given his heart and soul to this club. Harry is on social media with the fans. Harry is with the young, the young boys in the team. Harry encourages everyone. Harry wants Arsenal to win. That's all we want are players that want Arsenal to win. And watching him now, where he used to go sideways and backwards, yeah, there's still a little bit of that to his game, but he's going much more forward passing now. You know, Kevin and I used to joke about it on the other pod. We go sideways, but he never makes a forward pass. He made a forward pass and we were shocked. Now, that's coming more and more into his game. So maybe we should, maybe you and I, Fergus, need to look at that a little bit more and go, maybe we should give him a little bit more of a chance. Maybe he can be the player that we need him to be. I'm, I'm fine supporting him as a player, Amanda. While he wears an Arsenal shirt, he'll have my support. I just don't want him to be captain of our club because I, I don't feel he had that opportunity and I think he destroyed that I, without going over all ground. But one of the things, I, I haven't got a picture of it, um, 
But one of the things I'd, I'd, I'd like to talk about and how it came across on TV, Stan and Alex, because um, I know myself and Amanda were at the Man United game and the Ashburton Army um, put together a TIFO, self-funded. Um, it was only a small t- um, small banner that they made themselves and then they got a TIFO. There was some people interacting with it, some not. They're going to do something bigger to fill that area uh, the next time. And there is a link if you go to their Twitter, uh, which is AA Army, um, or AA or Ashburton, I think it is, um, you can, uh, there is a crowdfund going on for it. Um, Stan, first of all, to yourself, how did it come across on TV? Uh, what do you think of the Ashburton Army? How did it come across on the TV? Well, I didn't even see it, so I'm I'm sorry about that. I didn't notice a TIFO in the uh, crowd or the Ashburton Army during the Manchester United game, so I'm not really want to comment on that, I'm afraid. Okay. Um, Alex, your thoughts on it while I get the picture that Amanda's just sent me? <laughs> yeah, I, I knew it was going to be there, so I was looking for it, so I saw glimpses of it on the on the TV and then also, of course, pictures uh, on, the, on social media afterwards. But yeah, they're they're doing great. The the Ashburton Army um, just I think it really symbolises how well the the squad and the team has reconnected with with loads of fan and fans. And there's just this up up and coming uh, generation of of Arsenal fans, um, and just the, you can see the love for the club as well. Um, well, the, 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 those those fans are are fans. Um like you that go uh you know your age yeah. group not like like, yeah. like us. and how how do you find do, do they connect and do you do you identify with what they do well i think yes yeah i do and and i think they they identify with the players as well which helps them sort of connect to the team and hence why you see these uh, initiatives because uh, i don't think we would have seen sort of this initiative 10 years ago but um but yeah, I do identify with them, and and you see it here in Denmark as well. Uh, sort of these self self funded TIFOs for for some of the teams, um, and I hope it'll grow bigger and and we'll get bigger TIFOs as well, and 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 that the Ashburton Army will will grow as well. Um, I I think what they're trying to do is, as I said, they're trying to do a self funding exercise to try and get a bigger T four to fill that full area. Because if I go back and just show you the picture that we just done, the the, the, yeah, the seven and ten sack and the Smith Row is a small, and and they asked for more people to be in, and you know the engagement in the back is much better generally than it is towards the front. But you know they did get people involved. Um, they are lads like Jack is only it started off as six guys three years ago, and Jack is only not. Uh, What's he, 20, I think, now, or 21? Uh, and what they're doing is fantastic. They're engaging with the club. Uh, they, mm. The club are supporting what they're doing. Like, they're pictures with uh, legend players like Burkamp, Henri, uh, Smithrow, and um, uh, Saka with that uh, banner. And I think it, it just shows that there is trying to be a connect with the club, which hasn't been there for a while. Uh, what did you make of the Man United game, Stan? Fantastic. I mean, I'll be honest. When we go into the, we went into that Chelsea game. I didn't give us anything on the rack, on mm. the back of those three uh, losses. I thought that we were in in a bit of trouble. So it really surprised me the way that it turned it around and just sort of, for me, it drove it home even more about the inconsistencies that we may get if we continue with the same the profile of the team. But fantastic. I mean, coming off the back of those two games or well, three games now with West Ham. It's really given us, really given me a lift, anyway. You know, and now that we've cemented that sixth place in the Europa League, as I say, everything else is a bonus. 
Amanda, your thoughts on the Man United game? You were there. Um, the place went nuts, didn't it? Um, mm. es- especially like you know, that first goal was early on. Um, I was with my brother. Uh, well, my brother was with Terry. I uh, with, with Terry and Trev. Um, and my brother's a Man United fan, so they they were. He was fortunate enough to be able to get a ticket, but they didn't half give him some grief. Uh, and when that penalty uh, appeal went up, uh, my brother, who is very, uh, Alex has met him, very, very controlled, lost control, and he went, yes, like that. And Trevor, <laughs> you can imagine what he did. <laughs> what did you think of the game? Um, just just going back to Chelsea, I didn't give us a hope. I was dreading yes. it. But Cole said at six o'clock that night that we were going to win 4-3, 4-2, whatever. It, you know, he missed out by a goal. And I thought he was mental. Because <laughs> after the last three games, but then... I did tweet that day that knowing Arsenal, we would get something at the bridge just because it's so Arsenal to do this. There are going to be more twists and turns. We know this. By the end of the season, it, it just so is because it's so Arsenal. But when we left, when when you left Chelsea and the atmosphere, I have to say, I've been to two away games this year and twice I've been in um, corporate. It's so hard watching you lot celebrate and sing and throw flares on the pitch and stuff like that. Um, but Man United, yeah, I really enjoyed it, actually. It was, we, we had a Man United fan with us as well. I told him he could come next time as well, every game thereafter. But, um, every game, yeah. <laughs> they, were, they were poor. They were not the Man United that I know. But but it was lovely to give uh, Ronaldo the tribute on seven minutes. The whole yeah. ground did that. You know, what I love, and I've never fallen in love with our fans as much as I've done this season, the the away fans are phenomenal. But even at the Emirates, we're all singing. We're all doing it. You know, the Ashburton uh, Army, what they did in the clock end, I'm more down the North Bank end in the East End. The East End are notably quieter, aren't they? It is the North Bank, yep. really. But we all got involved and super Mick Arteta. And, and the atmosphere and what Arteta has spoken about this week, if you've listened to what he said, is lifting them and driving them on. And I said this at the beginning of the season, why would you boo them? Even if they lose, just move on, you know. So we are allowed to celebrate and people need to get over all what what certain people have ranted on podcasts and stuff like that. Um, everyone's allowed to do what, what you want to do. And I want everyone to seem like mental. Oh, my God, mental on Sunday at two o'clock. Because I, I love it. I love singing. Um, no one likes singing in me, but... But the Man United game was was a brilliant atmosphere. I really enjoyed it. Again, I don't think we were superb and wonderful. Um, we are grinding out results. This is what we need to do. I do not care if we are crap for the next four games and win 1-0 every game. I don't care, I'm afraid. Yeah. And I'm not bothered about beautiful football. We ground it out at West Ham, Fergus. Those last 15 minutes were tough. Really tough. I sat with um, Jeff Arsenal and his what and his lovely wife, and we had to sit on our hands. Can you only imagine what that was like? But it was fantastic to be there, and I took a fantastic video of you fans. This is what I want to go on about. Our wonderful, wonderful fans. I've not said that for years, and 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 Arteta loves that, and so does our team. We ne- we need to get behind them. Sorry, we need to continue to be behind them because that's what's been going on. And it's wonderful to see. Has he frozen? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. 
but yeah, it, it really seems like it, it helps the team. Um, and like you said, Arteta, he went out and, and said that it really lifts the team team up, especially when they're trailing and it gives them energy as well. Absolutely. And, you know, think about it logically, Alex and Stan. Mm. Mm. To have, to have uh, the 12th man, yeah, if you're going to boo them, it just brings you down. They need encouraging. You know, they are knackered. We've got a very thin squad. We are now playing whoever's fit. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> yeah. aren't we? I, I mean, I don't know what Pepe's got to do to get a game, but hey-ho, we're winning. So let, let's just let's keep on that. And I, I just feel that it's, I mean, honestly, they're added. I, I, for anyone that doesn't know, I've got a podcast and I had Stuart McFarlane on. Our, our You've got podcast. a podcast? I've got a podcast. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm on. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm on 15 shows now, Stanley. Um, and I had Stuart McFarlane on, the Arsenal photographer. And let me tell Ooh. you what he said about the, the players. They love interacting with the fans. They love hearing mm. the encouragement, the songs, and they are really lifted by us. So if we can just continue that forever, mm. of course yeah. we're going to have times where we moan and people have missed goals and people have got sent off and stuff like that. That's football. We're going to do that. But singing as loud as possible, 100% helps. Can I just say, see, I'm, lis I'm listening to what you guys are saying, that you guys uh, that are fortunate enough to go to the matches, unlike myself over here in Canada. But mm. and, and one of the, the watching it through the TV and hearing what you guys say and listen to what people say on Twitter you know, especially this season, I've always been under the impression that that the soul was coming back to Arsenal and their support, that there was a coming together. I was starting to see a lot more people smiling on their faces. I'm listening to what you guys are saying about the atmosphere at the games. And this is why it surprises me that when I heard Harry uh, on Chronicles of Laguna uh, a few weeks ago mentioning that he read on the, on the Athletic that Arsenal have hired an outside company called People Made, to come into the club, to talk about the heritage, to try and get the link back between the fans and the club. They keep talking about culture and heritage. And the one thing that I felt that we had begun to got to get right at Arsenal was culture and heritage. Just listening Definitely, to what yeah. you guys say that go to, listening to what Fergus was saying about the Ashburton boys with their TIFO and what they're trying to do. So I'm... I, this thing has been on my mind for some time. I don't understand who has brought up the initiative, who feels that we need this initiative at Arsenal. Is it the manager? Is it people above the manager? Or is this not really about looking at heritage and the past? Is this more about changing the vision of Arsenal for the future? Are these Is this company going to come in and after three or six months, they'll go back to the board and say, here's our new mission statement. And underneath are now six bullet points of the Arsenal vision moving forward, which does kind of make me feel a little bit queasy if you're trying to rewrite the club for a new future rather than, you know, keeping the, the values and the heritage and the history of Arsenal. Or is it answer C? So many, um, so many people have been let go from Arsenal during lockdown who have been at the club for so long is it a case that some people have been replaced and they've just, you know, brought people in from agencies and they don't really have, they don't really seem to care about Arsenal. They're just there to, to do their daily jobs. I don't understand why this company has been brought in. And if you do need, you know, a, a force to come in 
and talk about heritage and culture, I could think of loads of other people that are more probably more qualified to do it. Your friend Kevin Campbell could probably go in there with Martin Keown and some other people and spend time with them. There's, there's a museum there, right? Don't they walk around the museum if you start I working? Think at so. I think it's probably C. I think there's not enough of the old guard working there. And I think that they didn't, maybe they called this company in before the fans started to come together. Um, it's not about the fans and us coming, singing more and being a wonderful atmosphere. It's got nothing to do with the heritage. All they need to do is employ my dad. They don't need anyone else. <laughs> it's, been going, it's been going since the 50s and people like Trev and myself and Fergus and exactly. you know, yeah. Kev and everybody else. They, you, you, but maybe that company will talk to, to people like the fans that have been going God knows how many years. But I don't know. I mean, it did seem a bit weird, but I think you're right with question C, uh, answer C. I think there's just not enough yeah. people there anymore that know about this heritage. But but what's happened since Thursday, and Fergus is going to talk about this if he is able to talk, um, <laughs> is the fact about... I am. <laughs> the, um, that we've all said, and I only said this last Wednesday before this erupted, that how wonderful Liverpool have You Never Walk Alone, how wonderful West Ham have the bubble song. We have nothing. And we are no, I know we're going to talk about what's happened since Thursday morning. I, I, I always want to... Whatever you think about Liverpool, you cannot knock that song. It gets the whole ground going. Bubbles is brilliant for them. Tottenham have theirs, so we have nothing. You we know, play wrestling themes at half time, well, right? That's what. Good I mean. old yeah, it's horrible. But good old Arsenal was from like thirties. This just doesn't work. So hopefully, and I'll leave that to Fergus to talk to. Are you back, Fergus? We've just tried to carry your show for you. Uh uh, yeah, well done, Alex. That that's a baptism of fire for you, isn't it? <laughs> um, I I'm trying to get that video up at the minute. Uh, I, I'm currently using my works, um, my one of my iPhones, um, uh, uh, Wi-Fi because my my other one has just absolutely crashed. So I don't know what I'm going to be able to get up or not up on the on on the screen with regards to ah. Uh, this might play. This is the. Uh, I, and the fact that he's an Arsenal fan and all his family are just is incredible. I prefer, I prefer. He's an Arsenal fan. He's pictured. I don't like that. Sorry. Oh, I love Didn't like it. it at all. I would, oh, I would turn on after that. I, I think that when he starts oh, North uh, London uh, forever, Stan, just get. Oh, it's just amazing. Oh. Yeah. Myself and Ben Bennett try to get it going uh, at the Hamilton on uh, Saturday, and. If you sing it slow, it does. If there's not enough for you singing of it, it does come across a little bit mournful. And I can get some people going, Oh, I don't know. It sounds very, it does sound very glum. It sounds very sad. It sounds like you've seen it about someone that's just died. 
it, it, it does, it, and, and Stan, Stan, you're not you're not wrong in, in saying picking that up. But I think if you get the whole of the Highbury, uh, the Emirates singing that song, mm. and it will be played mm. over the Tannoy system ahead of the Everton game. But before that, I think at the Leeds game, the North Bank in the concourse will be singing that all day because everyone is dying to get Lewis Dunford's song going. It's a great anthem. If you listen to the, I've listened to his album as well when I was going down on the way down to uh, the West Ham game to just get in the mood and everything else. But I listen, I'm an Irish man born, but um, I lived in Islington for about a year. My mum and dad lived in Islington for 20, 30 years. I've been connected to Islington for best part of 30 years and Hackney as well um, through my wife and when we lived in, in there. But watch my kids grow up there and my kids went to school in, in Hackney and Islington and listening to some of the words of his songs. Yeah. Some of them worry, worry me about what my young lad was getting up to. And some of them like, <laughs> yeah, when, when we were hooligans and stuff like that, but, but it is, it is a real, I've gone cold. It's a real, real, real connect. And it, it, it resonates with me. I do get where you're coming from Stan, but it just resonates. And I think it resonates with, with, with the Arsenal massive and I just think if we can own that song, there was talk about changing the words to the Arsenal forever will be our mm. home. But I think the general consensus is to keep it, my blood will forever run through this stone because he he references Highbury, he references the turnstiles, he references the angel, he references everything and everything where we go every week. And I know we haven't even touched on the West Ham game, but I just, I, I love it. Sorry, Stan. But I don't know why they're not playing it on Sunday. Why they went for Everton? I just don't get it. Just put it out now. It's just, uh, I, it's just wonderful. Oh my god, I can't wait to sing it. Is it going to be I, the I, song then? Or is it been chosen or something? Are well, what happened last Stan? Twitter went absolutely ballistic. Um, yeah. He he ended up having six thousand, no, four thousand followers. He's now got nearly twenty thousand because they're all no, he had Arsenal. Less than that. He, he had he had two thousand followers. Oh, two thousand. He's, got over 20, yeah, He's gone to number one in the iTunes charts and because of us. Number two in. As soon as his show's finished, I'm coming up with an Arsenal rap. So. You know. <laughs> but, the, but the thing is, he didn't come up with an Arsenal rap. Um, someone, someone, one of my tweeters actually, someone who follows me, said that. He just wrote to Arsenal and said, could you use this? Because I'm a, I'm an Islington-born boy. I love the club. He didn't even make it, like, um, global. It, uh, sorry, viral on the Twitter. He wrote to Arsenal. And then he told us the whole story. And that was Thursday. I remember doing our podcast and mentioning it to Alan and um, uh, Paul on um, Friday night about this song has gone a bit mental. I can't stop listening to it. Stan, I don't understand what you mean about... Dirge, I think if you've got this whole stadium singing that, oh my God, I think it's going to be incredible. I can't see... Am Am Amanda, I'm going to play you the reason, and I don't know if we're going to get done for copyright or whatever, I'm going to play you the reason why this won't be played on... on um, on Sunday. the Leeds game, because it will have to be re-recorded. Re yeah. yeah. I think they'll have to do a radio edit version just because of the language is more industrial, that's all. Sing along if you know. As I walk these streets alone, through this barrel hall upon the barren fields of ivory, through the stadiums of stone, through the turnstiles of the angel, see the on the green, from the Cali to the cross, 
and every shit's all in between. Past the church, the monster you crack then, and the off beyond the corner. See the brass is from the brothel that pretends to be a stormer. Watch the bedroom in the bookies, see the winners and the losers seeking solace from their sorrow in the local battle cruisers through the madness. I'll leave it there, but you, yeah. because it goes on for a while, but you can see this other stuff and it gets stronger and stronger. So that's why I think it's going to have to wait to the Everton game. Before, but, um, go on, go on, Alex. No, I just, I just wanted to, uh, there was a comment from Pat saying that uh, there was a Danish guy, um, Peter Hust, he was on uh, Sky Sports today talking about the, um, uh, the meeting they had, the Arsenal Supporters Trust. And um, apparently, it was brought up uh, with this song, and it it is going to be played at the Everton game. I can't wait. I can. Me neither. <laughs> I can't I, I wait. Just like, I just don't like it. It reminds me of um, there was a he was that guy, yeah, uh, it, it, <laughs> Kershaw guy from up north. who used to sing about working down the mines, and it kind of reminds me of a sort of a song that Labour Party would sing about hard work and graft and that sort of thing. This doesn't sound football, but music's very subjective, sure. right? It's like comedy. Of course, very, it is. Absolutely. Right? I hate country and western music. Some people love it. Oh, I quite so like that. Is, no, but Stan, of is. course, it is subjective. I don't agree with you, and you're wrong, but it is subjective. <laughs> <laughs> I've been the whole of the Emirates singing that. I think I'm, I'm going to cry. I'm pleased for the individual that he's made contact with Arsenal, and you know, it's probably a big. He didn't make contact with Arsenal. They oh. made contact with Stan. He's gone mad. Honestly, he's number one in the chart. But I'm still I, coming up with an Arsenal rap, so you come up with a rap. <laughs> But it's got it's got to have feeling and it's got to have passion and it's got it's to be like about scratching. the area it's and Arsenal. Beatboxing, no, <laughs> <laughs> it is subjective, of course, and I'm sure there's going to be plenty of people that won't but like it. You, and also, it's not. Um, it's just you, you know what, new mo now, mo isn't it? Move it. Oh, here oh, we go. Fergus. Oh, you've done you. it again. Over to you, uh, Alex. Go on, yeah, yeah, and. and <laughs> Oh. It, it, oh, am I back? Sort of. If you can hear us, Fergus, you sound like that guy. Remember Norman Collier? I used to go, ep, up, ep, up, up, ep, chicken. Chicken. That guy. What's so, next on his agenda? Shall we West talk Ham, about West Ham? Let's talk about the West Ham game. You go to, that, you game, go to yeah. that one, Amanda. Was you there? Yes. So what happened was, Stan, I promise you, I never have a problem getting one ticket anywhere for any game ever away. I, could, I, I literally begged on social media for one <laughs> and I couldn't get anything and I really wanted to be with I am them. back I should you are back be here hey. Ferg am I here it... you're moving you're like, you're here moving in like slow motion Max Hedrum that's an old one <laughs> right, I'll finish my story. Is he back? Yeah, keep Is going, Amanda. All right. So, um, literally, Stan, I begged and begged and begged. I got offered one for 200 quid. I said no. Mm. And then um, what happened was Friday morning I woke up um, and I had a show book for Friday night and Alan Algar said, do you still need a ticket for West Ham? And when someone asks you that, you know you've got a ticket. Right. Oh. I was like, yeah, yeah, where are you? It's like six o'clock in the morning. What's going on? What? He said, um, someone, someone's pulled out and I thought of you straight away. So I had a really tough week with our puppy not being very well. Oh. Actually, really oh, not very yeah. well. 
Um, yeah, so it's all been it's all been a bit of a blur last week. And so I went corporate, and don't get me wrong, it's beautiful, it's lovely, beautiful foods, you have uh drinks, you have a beautiful seat, you have a wonderful view, and it was wonderful, and I loved every minute. But but you can't you can't celebrate. But, the menu was beautiful. Was the menu? I did post it, the menu. We had like um What do you mean you three... can't celebrate? What you got like, yeah, I know, so... do like a polite We did no, 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 you can't. <laughs> no. We... So what happened was I, I was on the end of an aisle. I'll tell you this funny story. I was on the end of an aisle and Jeff was next to me, Jeff Arsenal. And we both said, like when when it, when the goal went in, they don't have any replays either. So I got we didn't even know it scored. Um <laughs> and obviously we're sitting there and we went like, like we jolted a little bit. We all looked at each other and just went like that. But there was a guy in the row next to me down there sitting on his own and he went like that. So I looked at him and I went like that. And he went, yeah. <laughs> he comes over to us, makes a whole big thing. He fist pumps us, right? Everyone's looking and we're like, oh, we're supposed to be like corporate West Ham, you know, just guests and everything. Oh, you was in the, yeah, you in the West Ham. Yeah, oh, right, I get we it. Was in the, I we had the most amazing, yeah, yeah. we were next to the director's box. So we had the most amazing view above Arteta just wow. slightly to the left of him. And it was wonderful. But anyway, so he then got his phone out and showed us the goal because they'd have no replays, so we didn't right. even know. Um, and it was tough. And then obviously when West Ham scored, everyone looked at us. It wasn't our fault. We didn't give it away. This bloke did. And then um, <laughs> then when we scored at the end, I just sort of went like this and looked away to the Arsenal fans. And um, then, then this West Ham fan criticised our fans, Fergus, because they threw flares <laughs> on the pitch, which I didn't even see because I was looking at the fans trying to go, oh, my God, we've, we've, got, we've, we've scored two. We've got to hold on. And he went, look at your fans with the flares on the pitch. And I went, what, what? And I looked and I went, that's so unlike us. I've done off think i've ever seen oh, uh, Am amanda sorry sorry that is not so like unlike us lester oh, away this re this red flare came down uh smoke bomb come down around me and it's like stinks and everything else i've kicked it on and this young girl's in front of me and she's got these converse sort of trainers on i said love kick it on kick it on and she's gone huh what what converse <laughs> trainers ruined absolutely ruined. <laughs> um uh, uh, Ch chelsea away the the back uh, the chelsea away that was just like it just pyros oh, are getting more and more. I think I've seen it. Oh, okay. Maybe it's the thing that they're doing now. But um, I dread to think at Tottenham. Well, please God, we are able to throw them if we have scored. But I, I tell you, I tell you what was thrown at West Ham. Um, a seat base came across my head. Wow, uh, West Ham, which wasn't uh, you know uh, only the one. Thankfully, so I think there'll be is, quite a few more. It is weird sitting in corporate. Um, you do. We have. We were told by Alan we you can't celebrate, and I understand that. I just wanted to be there, and it was a wonderful day, and it was lovely being with Jeff. I haven't seen Jeff for a while. Um, we met some other interesting people that were Arsenal, mainly West Ham. There. Um, it's just like our club level, but a bit posher, really. And um, mm. yeah, it was great, and it was. Oh, I, I took a fantastic video of Fergus and the fans. I just loved it. As soon as the whistle went, everyone goes in for their dip, like they gave us like extras like mini pies and beer and stuff um i uh, i stood outside and took a video of our fans i couldn't care less by then if anyone knew i was arsenal with one two one but um wonderful view i did notice one thing at west ham and I, I swear i couldn't see an empty seat in the whole stadium we're at the emirates and i think fergus is going to go on to that about what happened last night at the emirates there's always empty seats regardless i'm hoping not for sunday uh, yeah, but before we finish up on, on, on the West Ham game, uh, we touched on El Nenny 
we touched on um, Shaka. Lacazette um, has been dropped for three games. And Eddie, I don't think he got a, a chance to talk about Eddie, uh, Stan, which you did want to talk about, um, unless you did when my internet went down. Um, no, I'm sorry. Go on. What, sorry. What, 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 what do you do with him? Some people in the chat further up, I can't I can't be bothered to go back and find it, to be honest. But they come along and, and, and slagging the guy off. I I don't know if he's the answer. I don't think he's the answer, but carry on. I thought he was going to say, I don't think he's the Antichrist then for a moment. The way that, <laughs> <laughs> that was my internet <laughs> gone anti. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, with Eddie and Ketia, I'm one of those that, and I kind of feel a little bit like it about Xhaka as well. I've seen these players for long enough now. I think I've seen enough of them to understand what they can do, what they can't do, you know, that kind of a thing. And with Eddie and Ketia, I'm really pleased that... Um, you know, he's being able to contribute and you can see a big difference of having him in the team as opposed to Lacazette because at least he tries, right? At least his energy, at least he's doing the things that he should be doing, making runs to the near post and he's doing all of those things. His finishing is is not up to par at all. It's well not up to snuff. You know, three very chances he had, I think it was in the West Ham game and, you know, he couldn't tuck one of those away. So on that side of it, I'm one of these that would just like to upgrade on that player. I'd also like to upgrade on Xhaka. I just feel that if I see a player, I feel that we could do better. I don't understand why we need to hang on to them and cover them because as if there's no other football player out there who could replace them and give us a little bit more than what that player is giving us. And that's how I look at the players. I try not to get sentimental. I try to look at them as, as production units, so to speak. I mean, my cat was almost called MC1, Mouse Catcher 1, because I didn't want to get attached to her. She was there to do a job, and that was to catch mice. But I love her to bits now. She's like a daughter. She follows me everywhere. But I kind of feel like that with some of our players. Enjoy it while they can. I enjoy that they have their purple patches and they, they produce. But moving forward, I think it's time to upgrade. I think somebody in the comments, I, was, I can't find the comment, but somebody mentioned uh, to do with his finishing uh, that he got very lucky against... Um, Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea had a, a poor day and they were bad there at the office. But you know what? You make your own luck. If you get those opportunities and the ball bounces the right way, Alex, it, it, don't you think you know, that's what Ian Wright would have done? I know you probably haven't seen much of Ian Wright live, but you would have seen old reels and stuff like, you know, your dad would have shown you. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. No, but I, I get where Stan is coming from because I kind of was like that as well, but I think we're going to need such a a broad squad uh, for next season playing in Europe as well. And that will sort of free up some money to spend elsewhere in the squad um, in the transfer window. So I'm, I'm leaning more towards keeping in Ketia for, for maybe one, one season um, and see how, how he'll do in the, in the cup games. And, and do you think he'll, do you think he'll get enough game time that he's insisting on with the, the cups and Champions League, possibly Europa League or whatever? I mean, it depends on who, who we're going to get in the, in the summer transfer window because, you know, we, we don't have any any strikers for next season as it, as it stands right now. But, um, I mean, I'd like to maybe keep in Ketia and then bring in a world-class striker. And then and then I think he'll, he'll get his game time uh, in Ketia. Yeah, Ho- Holland. I'd like to see Holland, as uh, Jules is saying, from Norway. That would be good if we could bring in uh, Elling Holland. You, you Scandies need more sunlight in, uh, you know, our darkness or whatever. <laughs> 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 Amanda, you were... If I may. Sorry. Go on. 
I just want to go on, no, no, go. Um, that Nobby in the chat said about um, Eddie that, you know, he just needs to get some game time. And Eddie even said that in his interview. But Eddie has had minutes. He's had yeah, plenty of true. minutes as far, as far as I can see. Yeah, um, Forrest. It was two, two seasons ago, I think it was, was it 15 appearances, seven starts, two goals. It's not good enough. To be just to be blunt about it, so you know Eddie not getting minutes is a big is a, is as big as a myth as as El Nino doesn't kick the ball forward ever because he does <laughs> kick the ball forward. I watched him and I've seen him do it. He, so he did in the West Ham game. For me. I, 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 th I think Eddie two seasons ago he was much younger. I think he's improved from then. I think he was tearing up like Balogun, tearing up um, the unders uh, leagues and so on. I think. Uh, Eddie will do well, but I don't think he's quite good enough for a, a top Premier League side. Uh, I personally, only because we're going to need to buy so many players, I'd consider maybe doing something for a year. But he won't sign for a year because he can sign somewhere else for fortunes. Even even he was to sign for, I don't know, um, who's come up, Bournemouth. You know, Bournemouth will still pay him a huge signing on fee because he's coming free, and they pay him really, really good wages. Uh, in comparison, are equally the, as wages as he's getting now, um, which I don't think we would. Amanda, just finishing up on the Eddie thing, what's your thoughts on Eddie? And then I, I want to talk about the last night, and then we're done. I, I, I think he's a really, really good championship player. I don't think he's yeah. right for the Premier League. He worked his socks off. But that's all I want to... I don't like to criticise players too much, but if if he's here next season, I think that's that's not going to be good for us, I'm afraid. Hmm. Um, last night, the Arsenal Supporters Forum uh, gathered for a meeting with uh, Josh Cronky. I don't know if Josh was there physically because I wasn't at that, at that no, meeting. No, he wasn't. He was on um, Zoom. He was on Online, Zoom. yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, a good friend of the show, Dave... Dave Hurl was there and I've spoken to Dave and Dave gave me some information. There was uh, plenty of stuff that came out about um, season 23, 24. Uh, there's a survey which has been sent out to people. Check your inboxes. Uh, you know, Ross asked who's uh, filled out the survey about safe standing. Uh, I? I have. Terry and his Mrs. Did. Alex has. Fill it out. Um, you know, if you don't want it, say you don't want it. If you do want it, say you do there's also reasons in there why you can say you have listen I've, I've had my season ticket for about 12 years now i've sat in my seat once and that was a doncaster <laughs> and i hated it uh, you know, I, and and sit up and stand down and if i hate this team or i love this team and i, I just like standing watching football um and it, you know it just feels normal and yeah what will happen if uh, and when because it will be when the safe standing is introduced is that they will have to segregate the, the at least the lower tiers, um, are, depending on the, the setup they've got. So that it will be block four to block 11 they're talking about. And then at the away end, but they'll probably end up doing most of the clock end up as far as the family enclosure because that can be moved as an away end. And they're also talking about on the opposite side around on, on the east lower, but there is, will be no upper tier um, there will oh, be no yeah. upper tier safe safe standing because it's too steep of, of a rake. It, there is upper tier in many other stadiums. Uh, I've seen it at Chelsea, seen it at City. Uh, there are safe standing uppers, but ours is too steep. Um, but you will not be able to uh, 
maybe pop round and see your mate at half time and go, oh, you know what, I'll come down with you and sit in 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 block whatever, Alex. You know what I mean? You won't be able to like that, we did, that, yeah. <laughs> you, you just grasped me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we won't be able to do that. So you know that, that's your seat. You'll be allocated your seat, and that's it. So I, 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 there, there's an element of me, of me that's a little bit reserved. That if it's going to be one person per seat, and some of those people just want to stay where their mates are, but don't necessarily want to sing, or don't want to necessarily be involved, that it won't help the atmosphere within the ground. If people who, like Trevor said to me, he's considering moving up a tier because his back is playing him up, and as he gets older and stuff, standing for two hours is you know getting a bit much. It'll probably happen to me in a few years' time. But there, there's a moment in time that you come along, and, and if you want to be in there, you got to be, you've got to take part. Stan, wouldn't you agree? First match I ever went to was 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 standing, and I kind of feel like you when I'm watching a sport. I kind of feel better about it. I don't know what it is, just standing up than being sat in a, a seat. Unless you're going to watch ice skating, of course. Then obviously you want to sit down and watch that and fall asleep. But I mean, you guys that you guys that go on a regular basis is is that what you want? Is that what you want, Amanda? Would you prefer to have a standing area, or do you are you do you prefer to be in your seat? So I want standing for the people that want standing. So I think the atmosphere would be phenomenal. But I don't want to stand. No, I don't like standing. I've sat all my life. Really, I've been in the North Bank a few times. Um, it's not for me. I can't see. That's for sure. I mean, I'm five foot six. I'm not short. I find it tough to, if someone's tall in front of me, you know, I find it, you know, like when you're at the theatre and you can't see, it ruins yeah. it for me. I, I'm I'm actually quite boring. I sit in the stand up and I don't want anyone to stand up in front of me. Um, that's my choice. But I definitely want standing at grounds. I think it's, I think it's going to be amazing. The atmosphere, it will be incredible. It will just be like the North Bank at the Highbury again, you know. I, I, I fear it won't be. Um, I think it will improve it. I think it naturally does. But I think once they prevent people piling in, as as we do currently, where there's people in the upper that come down to the lower, etc., I, I think that will that will that will limit some of the atmosphere, especially at some of the quieter games. At the big games, is going to be it'll be phenomenal. Um, but. Listen, I, I still prefer Stan was saying like sit down watching ice skating. I wouldn't watch ice skating, but if I'm watching Arsenal away I'm on, and I'm watching the telly in my kitchen, I'm standing walking around the kitchen. I stand and watch <laughs> football at home. Mm-hmm. So wherever I am, I'm in the pub. Sometimes in the pub I might sit, but half the time, most pubs, if they're busier, uh, just depends on the, the location of TV and stuff. I'd rather stand and watch it. Yeah, but how tall are you, Fergus? I'm not that tall. I'm five nine, five ten. So mm. I have got the tallest Malaysian mixed rate Irish Malaysian guy in front of me and his brother. And I said, of all places for you to stand, you stand in front of me. I'm a short ass Irishman, and you're the tallest. <laughs> I, call, I said it to him, you're the tallest Chinese man I've ever met in my life. And he just laughed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know it's a political joke. He, he was <laughs> <and> he just <laughs> laughed. <laughs> Just, just my look. <laughs> it happens, it happens all I, think, the time. I think it's good, and I think they need to bring it back. But as you said, most people stand up in the lower tier on the North Bank and clock ends anyway. He's probably not even that tall, Fergus. He's probably just wearing stilts to piss you off. It probably, <laughs> probably. He, he, he's he's about six two. I think he is. He's, he's a lovely fella, uh, but then he wears a hat on top of it as well. Oh, so that doesn't help. He wears a top so, hat. Yeah. 
<laughs> not a top hat, just a, a, a big woolly hat. The last thing I want to uh, touch on from that meeting is, uh, well, it's two things. There's a, there's a 4% ticket price increase going to happen. I don't think that was mentioned in yesterday's notes, but um, there's going to be a 4% increase in ticket prices across the board. There's going to be uh, a rationalization of the, which is ongoing at the moment, of all the various memberships and ticket uh, prices because there's currently 74 permutations of ticket prices within the stadium at the moment. So they want to rationalize that. Um, but uh, the thing myself and Trevor were talking about this morning was 4% ticket rise. Really and truly in this current climate, um, with cost of living that has been rubbing down our throat on the news channels and everything else, it was clear, Trev's point was it was clear to see that the clubs can afford to maintain enough money via the TV and so on, that the the season ticket money is is basically the cream on the top. Yes, the max day revenue from corporate sales and stuff like that is the big the big uh, revenue for them, but they don't need to charge me seven or eight hundred or a thousand pound a year for my seat. Maybe you should consider of doing something as along the lines of rather than penalizing people who don't turn up for ten games, if you do turn up, then you get a five percent uh rebate bonus that goes against the cost of your season ticket next year uh, stand do they do anything like that in canada like you know to try and encourage people to to go to games because that's what they're fundamentally trying to do over here and what over there where any of your ice hockey teams and so on are they button putting up ticket prices as well well i i don't live that far from the vancouver whitecaps which is the nearest football team i've never been down there to, to to watch them play and especially going in and out of lockdown and out over here but i think they pack it out quite well i'm not aware whether prices have have gone up as high as four percent over here um I, I, i'd be i'd be surprised if it did because they, they really are doing a lot to to encourage bringing people into the stadium hmm. so alex I, anything I really, gone i, I thought that thought, thought right. alex anything happening in denmark it's quite it's so much cheaper in denmark the the ticket prices um i think the fc copenhagen games uh to get a season ticket you just pay 10 around 10 pounds a month um and you get get to go go to all the all the games the home games so it's only it's very different only 20 quid for a beer though <laughs> yeah that that's the thing yeah <laughs> But yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a lot cheaper over here. But but I guess yeah, they they do that to encourage in, encourage people coming into the stadiums. And yeah, they they do that uh, for the national games as well. I I pay um, t- ten pounds a month uh, to be able to go and see all the national games in the in the stadium as well. Okay, okay, Amanda. Final thoughts as as I'll give you. I've been the lady. The final word on this: the four percent ticket rise to a certain degree. But also, what do you think of the um, the penalty to lose your season ticket if you don't attend ten, which soon will rise to fifteen um, uh, games if you don't uh, have your seat filled? So you can either do it on ticket exchange, you can either donate to charity, which is one of the options that's going to be introduced. How I don't know, or you can sell it via friends and family. Or attend yourself. Well, I didn't think you could sell it to your friends or family. I 
you can via uh, via friends and family. I can I've sold my season ticket to friends and family several what, times. What about if my neighbour wants to go and I want to give him my season ticket? Oh, it's ridiculous. We should be able to do what we want with it. Um, bums on seats matter more than anything. We want the atmosphere to be good. And four percent is what like forty eight quid a year or something. Is that what? Because that's what I've just worked it out to be on mine. Um, yeah, mine is about 36, 37. I don't, I don't see that as a problem, to be honest. It's like a pound a match or something, but a little bit more than that. Um, it's a business, Fergus. That's the thing. It's not just our lovely football club. It's a business and they have to run it in the way they want to make their profit, I suppose. Um, I think you should be penalised. I don't know how they're going to do that because people will just end up giving season tickets to other people. It goes on anyway all the time. And I don't see why we shouldn't. It's my season ticket. I've paid for it. If I want to give it to my uncle or my son to go, then I should be able to do that. Because then it doesn't just become about bums on seats. If Arsenal want to charge you to do the ticket exchange, £1.50, then why are they charging for it? It's lovely that you can give it to charity, but it's my season ticket. I, I want to give it to who I want to give it to, thanks. Yeah, recently they've had where games were changed for fixture uh, dates. They've not charged that one pound, but um, oh, it's nice, easy if you want to transfer. Tra- yeah, I know. It's easy. It's easy when you want to transfer a ticket like to somebody and you, you don't know them. They're not a next door neighbour. There's somebody you know via social media or whatever, and you want to just sell it on to another red member, digital member. Or I've got, I've had family come in from various places, and you just go ping. There you go. You got the tickets are on PDF. So but what happens if they're not red members or silver members? What happens if it's you can some- be you can. You can be a digital member and a season ticket holder can transfer to a digital season ticket holder. Just let me do my season ticket what I want, thanks. Mm. It happens anyway. It wouldn't worry anyone. Yeah, I know. It will do. It was, it was just a thought. Stan, I'm conscious you said you got an hour. I've overran by about five minutes with the glitches in the internet and everything else. Thank I'm you okay very, for a little very bit much. Longer. Oh, okay. chucking me off okay. then, are you? All right, see you later. Well, I was going to wrap it up I was going to wrap it up anyway. Unless there's anything anybody else wants to add, um, you know, I thank you very much for joining us. I'm determined to change Stan's point of view on North London forever. Song. Yeah, we have to do that. <laughs> we don't want no Stan rap. Washing up on that. I would do you... like washing up and singing it in my head. Where would that song come from again? <laughs> I want you to go and listen to the whole song a few times and wait for that chorus because it is, I think it's tremendous. Oh. I do love it. It's, well, maybe listen, maybe it will I... grow in me like the Macarena did. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> we need something, Sam. We need we something. Oh, the us Bingo together. Boys. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Arsenal rap. <laughs> Yeah, but you've got, to have a, you've got to have a passion with it. It's got to have like a meaning. History as well. It's just got some resonance to, to, to the area. Listen, I'm going to thank everybody, but we are going to leave because even if they cut me off, I can chop this bit out at the end. So if you're watching us live, you're going to see the full song. Um, if YouTube then cut me, I can chop the bit out and then we'll still be able to put it up. Um, but Stan, thanks very much. Uh, good luck and looking very smart again as always. Thank you very um, much. Thanks for having me. And um, a pleasure to meet Alex uh, for the first time and uh, spend a little bit more time with Amanda as we have crossed a couple of times, but it's always been high and a buy, which is probably why you don't oh, remember. Stan, you're going to have to come on my podcast, all of you. Really yeah, always, pleasure, always pleasure happy meeting both of you as well. As I said at the beginning of the show, I am a podcast whore. So you are. <laughs> you can pull yourself so, out yeah. to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> We'd love to. Um, uh, so you can catch Stan everywhere. Where can we catch Amanda? <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> this is the first time I'm doing this. This is so exciting. Right, you can catch me normally Thursday, Friday nights on the Always Arsenal show on the same old Arsenal channel on YouTube. And this week I've got Dr. Raj coming on with Albert and I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you. Alex, you're not a podcast whore yet. <laughs> uh, not yet, no. Not yet. But, you're, uh, you're studying You're studying sports media in Denmark, uh, following our conversation after shit beers. Um, and yeah. uh, you were you were chucked in the deep end today. Thank you for for um, having my back. Uh, I know um, you know that it, it, it's probably difficult and a little bit um, unusual doing it, but thanks very much, and I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been it's been a pleasure. I love Fine. your accent, Alex. I love it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, I, I think of Danish. I think of John Jensen. John Faxer, yeah. He uh, he didn't score too many goals, did he? <laughs> One. <laughs> and I wasn't even at Highbury that day when he did it. The whole season, I missed that game. Yeah, the, there's scored. t-shirts. I was there when when John John I Jensen wasn't. scored. <laughs> <laughs> What's the right, people. Thank you very much. Here we go. We got Lewis Dunsford and uh, the Angel, the anthem that Stan is going to be loving and singing on, in sleep tonight. <laughs> Come on, listen. We'll have um, Stan unmuting himself in a minute, singing along. Sing along if you want. I'm going to sing. Thank you, everyone. Stan loves the song now, by the way. 
tune in next week. <laughs> Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.